Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of We Believe Do You, a paranormal podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And uh, today's guest actually reached out to us through our contact us page on the webelievedyou.com. So uh, yeah, I was kind of excited when we got the, the email. And his name is Joe from the 222 Paranormal Podcast. I, I was kind of excited because I, I went to their website and first thing I read was where a brother sister do. I was like, they're on. I, we want to. <laughs> so, Joe, yeah. if you'd like to give a little background on yourself, that'd be awesome. Oh, hello. And I want to thank you for having me on the show. This is awesome. I checked out some of your shows and I'm like, I got to get on this show. I really enjoy what, what you guys do and that. And yeah, and unfortunately, Jen can't make it tonight. She is helping mom out tonight. So I'm solo tonight. So you're going to have to put up with me. But no uh, that just means we'll have to get her on the on the show. Yeah, yeah, force her. There you go. I'll tape her to the chair so that she gets on the show. But no, my name is Joe Shortridge. I am the co-host of the Two 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 Paranormal Podcast. Uh, basically, we've been on the air for seven years. We've have over three hundred and forty-two shows. Travel all over the country, doing paranormal events and search or searching out guests to be on the show. But um. Yeah, we cover everything to do with the paranormal. And when we say the paranormal, it just doesn't mean ghosts. It's anything that's not normal, which is us, but, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. But we search I, out anything that we can find. Bigfoots, chubacabra, uh, UFOs, aliens, ghosts, afterlife, you know, uh, near-death experiences, everything. Guys, I promise you, we have never heard of them before. We don't know. Uh, they must be us in the future. We, like, yes. I <laughs> exactly. like this. You, your podcast sounds kind of like basically what our podcast is, and you're both brother and sister. So, I mean, it's just a crazy coincidence. We honestly, we hadn't, you know, we don't. This is the first time we're speaking. Uh, when mm -hmm. we reached out, was the first time we had, you know, heard from you guys. Yeah, I got in contact with each other. So, I, I don't want people to think we, we ripped you guys off because it's literally this, this is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, when we Definitely got into it. this, when me and Jen got into this originally, we um, knew that we would run into some really cool people in the paranormal. And I was like, you know, we're going to run into some weird people. And <laughs> it's strange because everybody calls themselves weird in the paranormal, but the paranormal paranormal community is so full of great people and mm -hmm. it's just the people that don't understand are the ones that are like oh you're in the paranormal what are you devil worshipers yeah. of that you know but yeah. <laughs> you know it's not it's but there's so many great people and being a brother and sister duo like yourselves it's it's something different and people look at us and are like Oh, you're married? We're like, no, we're not married. <laughs> Brother, so that's why we put it in the title, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it. hey, you know, co-hosts have to gel together. Mm -hmm. If they don't gel, it doesn't make for a good show. And who better to be a co-host with than someone you grew up with? Yeah, for sure. 100% can get by in that because I was kind of my, I was like, I need a co-host, but I don't want to do this by myself. And no one else really talks about this kind of stuff openly, I guess. 
Um, and then I was like, wait, my brother does. And so, yeah, it's hilarious. But yes, it's totally can relate to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so then since you guys are brother and sister and grew up together, um, did you have lots of paranormal experiences when you were children? Like what was your very first paranormal experience that, that you can remember? The first one I can remember. Now we, we grew up in a very religious family and we were raised Catholic. So going to church was a must. And when I got the freedom to drive my dad's truck and he always told me, you know, take the truck and go to, go to church. So I ended up sitting in the parking lot across the street, you know, my defiant <laughs> ways, but we grew up in a very religious family and dad had a UFO experience, but I didn't even know about this until like a year ago when we were on a show, my sister started talking about dad's UFO experience. I'm like, I never knew, but <laughs> my first experience, I was working in a factory way back, way back. And, uh, I was driving a forklift and I'm driving along and I look and we basically glued the um, brackets on the bottom of the windows for Ford. And so we had these machines and then we would put the glass in these bins and the conveyor that the glass was on was just rollers. So you couldn't stand on that. If you stood on it, the rollers would just force your feet, you know, in between. So I'm driving the forklift and I look over and there's a woman standing on the conveyor. And she looked like she was in her 20s in 1950s type clothing. And I looked and she was standing there and I'm looking around like, whose girlfriend is in here? (laughs) And it was a good five, 10 seconds. I'm looking at her and she was full, full, solid person. I turned, I looked back and she was gone and everybody's just working like normal. Like, I'm like, did you guys see that? And nobody believed me. And. I kind of freaked out for a little bit and I'm like, who is that? Where'd she come from? And then after the few years, I totally forgot about it until we started talking about our past experiences and it popped up in my mind. I'm like, wait a minute, that must've been my first paranormal experience. Mm -hmm. And I, after that, I was not into the paranormal at all. I was more into space space travel type, you know, rockets, stuff like that and different constellations. And then I started, you know, delving into the UFO side of it until a few years ago, my best friend, Jackie, who I basically say I had psychic friends with like a good example is when MTV started and the world became video music and (laughs) I was at home and she was in Disneyland and I turn on the TV and there's MTV and I'm like, MTV. (laughs) And I had to call her and, you know, I mean, we're in high school, but I was still at home and I asked mom, can I call Jackie? She's like, it's long distance. I'm like, I know, but MTV, you know, I got to tell her. (laughs) So I finally was allowed to call her and I knew, you know, the phone number where she was at. I'm calling and it's always busy, always busy. I put the phone down all, you know, mad because I'm like, I got to tell her. Oh. And the phone rings, I pick it up as her going. And she, first thing she said was MTV. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so oh, we had goodness. that connection where I could tell when she was hurt. I could tell what she was thinking. 
you know, try to call each other on the phone, that kind of stuff. We spent most of our time together. Well, one night, this was, I think five, I should know this, this is like five years ago now. I get off work and I go to Kroger's, I was working second shift and I get a phone call and I'm like, it's Jackie's sister. And I'm like, okay, pick it up. She's like, yeah, Jackie's in the hospital. She's on life support and they don't think she's going to make it through the night. And being the good friend that I am, I was like, oh, okay, well, keep me informed. I hung up. <laughs> like, here, my best friend is in the hospital. She, what happens is she has a double lungs, had a double lung transplant. And she had to go to the Cleveland Clinic once a year and get a test done where they put a tube down her throat. They put some fluid in her lungs, draw it out, see if there's any bacteria or stuff like that in it. So the message I got the night before was, oh, Cleveland in the morning. I'm like, yeah. And that was a message. And what happened was when they put the tube down her throat, they basically blew her up like a balloon and caused what's called a pericardial tamponate. It's where the lungs actually push on the heart and the sac around the heart gets crushed. And it, it was a common thing when people used to not wear seatbelts. And when you, as paramedic, we'd go up and you go to a scene and the person would be blue from their chest up. And we knew that's pericardial tamponade. Well, I get a call that she's in the hospital and on life support and they don't think she's going to make it through the night. So the next day, because, you know, me being a good friend, I just, oh, okay, keep me informed. I went home. <laughs> and the next day, I'm a wreck. I'm working because, you know, I have to work. And uh, I'm on the forklift. I get a call. Or excuse me. Let me let me back up. So I got the call from her sister. I went home and I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing? What am I doing? So I drove the two hours to Cleveland, spent some time with her, and nothing happened. So I went home because I had to work in the morning. And I'm at work, I get the call, and they're like, Okay, she's not gonna make it. They're gonna disconnect her, which basically pull the plug in about an hour. And I'm like, Okay, I know I'm not gonna make it. So I went home, got changed. Get in my car. I'm driving and I'm a wreck. I shouldn't be driving. You know, I don't cry, but I was a bubbling, blabbling idiot or whatever you want to say. But I'm driving to the hospital knowing that she's already passed, but I just want to get there. And I'm a wreck. About halfway there in the town of Norwalk, imagine if somebody took a heating element out of the oven while I was on. And took it over your head and kind of just waved it down your body. Yet that heat line that you would feel, I felt that from my head going right down my body, out my fingers and out my toes. And the second that happened, I was the same type of person or same mood or whatever you want to call it. You know, I wasn't a blabbering idiot. I was just like I am now, perfectly calm instantly. And that was an hour into my two-hour drive. So I get to the hospital, and the whole family's there. And I walk up, and her husband's there. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, well, they disconnected all the, you know, all the machinery about an hour ago, and they have no idea how she's staying alive. Oh, and I'm man. like, okay, that was an hour ago. I felt that feeling. So I, and he's like, you want to go in, sir? I'm like, heck yeah. So I walk in 
She's laying on the bed and the, the heart monitor is going beep, 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 you know. And I walk over, I grab her hand and all of a sudden the heart monitor goes beep. And I'm like, oh crap, I stepped on a hose. The nurse came in and she says, no, she just passed. Oh my God. So that is what's called a shared death experience. I think I felt exactly what she felt when they disconnected all the, you know, meds and all that. Cause you know, they say they're, that they pull the plug, but they don't, they turn off the breathing apparatus. They turn off, you know, all the stuff to keep the person alive. So everybody's saying that she waited for me and I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I believe it. So after she passed, we all kind of hung out the hospital and, you know, there's really nothing to do. So I was like, okay, well, let's all meet at her mom's house tomorrow. And I'm like, everybody's starting to go home by this time. I went home and honestly, I don't remember the drive home. And in the morning I get up to go to her mom's house. I hit start my car and the radio comes on. Now the radio came on, on a station that I never listened to out of Detroit. And the song came on that she played over and over and over and over. It was uh, Ario Speedwagon, that song, heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. You know, she played, um. she destroyed the CDs, she destroyed <laughs> the records, the tapes, playing those songs over and over. I never listened to that radio station. And that song came on. And I was like, holy crap. Okay. Coincidence has to be. So go over to Ma's and all that. The next night I go to sleep and I have a dream about her in my dream. I see her and I'm like, the last time I saw you, you were dead. And she just smiling it. And since then that song has came up so many times in so many different situations. I will think about her and I, that song will pop on, you know, walk into a store and that song's playing. I will turn on my car and that song's on the radio or in the morning, you know, I have the old style, uh, 1980s alarm clock that still turns the radio on. I'll wake up and that song will be playing stuff like that. I have tons of dreams about her. I, um, and one thing was she was deaf and in our dreams, we're talking to each other. And I noticed I can remember in my dream, she's not moving her mouth. So it's like telepathic thing. And a good example of what happens. I mean, tons of stuff. I was in the bar a couple nights ago, probably I'd say a week and a half, two weeks ago. I did a float session cause I do float sessions and I get out of the float session. I notice on my phone, my sister's like, Hey, we're at Rockies. I'm like, okay, I'll stop in for a minute. We get there and, or I get there and they're all sitting there and our friend Sarah walks in and God love her. Sarah's an awesome person, but she likes to talk about the same stuff over and over. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, same old. I'm so sick of the same old, same old. I've got to get out of here. Just that second, the jukebox, which didn't play all night. I've been there over an hour and a half. Jukebox came on, Ario Speedwagon song. So if you're tired of the same old story, oh and then I don't remember the next line, but it's basically yeah. move on. And I'm like, I got to go. <laughs> so long answer to a short question. That's what propelled me from getting out of the UFO stuff 
and more into the ghosty afterlife stuff of it, near death experience, stuff like that. And I didn't even know that I, I mean, I didn't know what to call it until I started talking to a person we interviewed and I was telling him the story and he's like, you had a shared death experience. I'm like, what do you mean? A shared death experience where one person feels or thinks about, or even share another part of it is if someone gets a phone call from someone, they said, and they pick up the phone, they hear the person on the other line saying, you know, I'm going to be okay. And come to find out that person's already passed away, you know, stuff like that. It's a shared death experience where you experience what that person has felt. And I believe that's what I had. And that's what propelled me into the, the, um, ghosty side of it. Well, I was not expecting to be so emotional, <laughs> but that was a beautiful, beautiful story. And like I, one that I hadn't heard, I, I guess I have heard of shared death experiences, but never like an actual story of what it is kind of thing or how it would happen. But I mean, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, it was almost like it was also just calming you, you know, down when you felt that. It but, was weird. You know I mean? Yeah. To be, like I said, I I'm not a really emotional person. I mean, I've only been scared on a ghost hunt or that one time. And we could talk about that later. About but, that, yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't get emotional. I don't cry unless there's a commercial for save the puppies on TV, you know, but I was a wreck and my good friend, Debbie was text met. Okay. So here I'm a wreck. I shouldn't be driving because I'm, you know, so emotional. My friend Debbie is texting me back and forth, consoling me the whole way. So I'm texting and driving in a blubbering state and halfway to the hospital, I had that happen. And even when I was texting Debbie, I'm like, I don't know what just happened, but I feel calm now. And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, you lost your mind, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you got there safe and that you were able to, you know, spend one last moment with her and she Mm -hmm. waited for you. Yeah. And it's, it's such a cool thing to get. I mean, I've, I've never got a phone call from her, but stuff like phone calls from the dead. That's one of the things I've looked into is, afterlife communication, you know, not using like a medium or anything like that, but afterlife communication that people don't expect. And that's exactly what I get. I mean, it's so weird because I'll, like I said, walk into a store and that song will be on the radio or on the PA system or that, or I'll think about her. And another good example is I'm trying to write a book about it. Okay. I'm not, not very good at writing. I've wrote one book already, but this book is kind of hard because it's not clinical. The other book I wrote is a clinical book for my life coaching stuff. And But this is where I have to tell a story, and I'm trying to gather stories from other people to put a book out about you know, shared death experiences and stuff. And I'm at work one day, and I'm thinking in my mind, do I want to write about New Orleans, or should I work on Jackie's book? And just as I said that, I heard a radio three rows over in the factory. Somebody listened to the radio. That song came on. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, okay, okay. She's like, right about me? Yeah. Yeah. She's smacking me in the back of the head. It's like, hello. I keep telling you. Oh, my gosh. 
That's awesome, though, that you at least have someone on the other side kind of helping you out and mm -hmm. directing you. Yeah. Oh, that, that's lovely. Well, yeah, you mentioned a story, the scaredest you've ever been in an investigation, <laughs> but I don't know if you want to, how you want to layer these, these well, stories. Nah. Of that. Okay. <laughs> we'll mention it. It doesn't matter what order we talk in, right? Uh, yeah, of course. So with the podcast, me and Jen travel all over the country doing conventions. And one of the things that we do at the conventions is we actually interview people at the conventions. We take our equipment, which really, honestly, it, we're very portable. We have the three mics, the Zoom H6 recorder, which I can plug more mics into. So what we do is we set up our table with our dowsing rods and our books for sale and all that. And I hook up the microphones and all that. And we actually interview people at the conventions, which is a great way to get the celebrities to interview, to talk mm. to in person. So we were in Pennsylvania at Butler, Pennsylvania, a paranormal convention. And we always end up at the cemeteries. No matter where we go, we look for the cemeteries. And we looked up and there was a thing called the Black Cross. Now, what the Black Cross is, is when the yellow fever came through, a lot of the immigrants that were working down there in the mines or whatever, would they passed away. But the Catholic Church wouldn't allow them to be buried in any of their cemeteries down there. So one of the farmers down there offered his piece of land to make the Black Cross Cemetery where they can put all these immigrants. And they called the Black Cross because when these people were buried there, and it's, it's sort of like a hillside. It's a very small spot, but it's out way out in a rural area where the, the houses are like a quarter mile away from each other. And the Black Cross is made up of two railroad ties, and that's why it was called the Black Cross. Since then, that has felt, you know, fallen over and it's been moved and they put another stone up and that was taken. And basically now when you get there, imagine taking a five gallon bucket, filling it with cement, flipping it over. And that's all that's there. That's the, that's basically wow. a headstone for all these people that are there. So we, we find out about it from one of the people at the convention and we're like, we got to go. So we found it. It's down this long dirt road. We pull up and there is a plaque there, memorial plaque from the uh, state as like a historical site, but it's real small. It's probably, I'd say 50 by a hundred is the space that there's no trees. And then there it's like a horseshoe shape and it's trees and then a hill going down. And I'm not exactly sure where they're buried. I don't know if they're buried on that flat spot or down on the hill. But I think they're buried down into the woods because since then the trees have grown up around them and stuff. When we were there, we heard babies crying. We heard people talking. We heard screams. Um, some other things we heard, you know, different noises like growling and that, but that could have been anything. So I look up later, I looked it up, and those are the same things that other people have noticed. And one of the things they say is, they feel that the, the woods are coming out at you. I'm like, okay, that, that makes sense. They feel that people are staring at them and stuff like that while they're there. I'm like, okay. So 
I'm there, and next to me is a tree stump about three foot tall, and it has a red ribbon on it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I took my K2 meter, and I set it on top of it to see if I got any activity. I turned my head to the right, and I turned my head back to the left and looked at that at that um, stump, and I saw a full-body apparition coming out of the woods at me. It was a man. He had gray wool pants on. He had a red shirt on and an old flip it style hat and he was gray and he was like jumping out of the woods at me Mm-mm. and <laughs> oh no so basically that stump turned into that and what? i jumped about 3 foot my adrenaline went through the roof and my sister was videotaping and i it's you don't see nothing on the videotape except me freaking out, jumping. <laughs> and she's like, what the hell? I'm like, I just saw a guy jump out at me out of the, out of the woods. And to this day, it's the only time I ever got real quote, quote, scared at an investigation. My adrenaline was pumping. Oh man. But it was real quick. I mean, it's it. Um, I'd look, the stump was there, turn, turn back. He's standing there like he was trying to attack me, like jumping at me. Yeah. And just like that, he vanished right in front of me. And all of a sudden the stump was there again. So, yeah, it it was, that was really one of the times that I, only time I really got scared. And it freaked me out. (laughs) Jen was like laughing at me and she's like, what are you doing? You know, I'm like, I swear to God, there was a guy there. I, yeah, I, I've had like a similar situation in the sense that I, someone had, well, some, someone with quotations uh-huh. had walked past me and behind me and I was in an apartment with two other people. So I was like, oh yeah, it's one of them. But I literally looked up and they're both sitting on the couch and I like, I, the whole jumping back three feet and like a gen, adre- ugh, adrenaline pumping, like, it's like, that's not supposed to, but I can't even imagine it actually coming at you yeah. wanting to attack. Like that's more threatening now. More it vicious, was, yeah. It looked like he was coming out of the woods. Like, you know, somebody jumping out of the cornfield at you or whatever. But, um, yeah, really that's the only time I've ever, besides that girl that I saw at, at Excel, that was really the only time I've ever seen a full body apparition. I have woke up in the middle of the night with a seven foot shadow, shadow figure leaning over me, one hand on the bed, <laughs> leaning oh, over shit. at me. I wake up, I'm looking up and I'm like, yeah. And it vanished. And then I spent the next two hours looking around my room and outside trying to think, okay, what would cause a shadow like that? You know? No, oh, I can, <laughs> I can see it and like feel it. I don't know. When uh, I do a my library presentation, I found a picture that looks just like it. Oh, so no. I use that as the thing. But other than that, I mean, I've had things happen to me. Um, I've had a wall pushed over on me at the Collingwood Arts Center here in Toledo that was confirmed by another investigator. It happened to them also. Um, I've seen shadow figures, you know, EVPs, all that kind of stuff. But really, um, I I always consider myself you know, a lot of people say I'm a ghost magnet. Well, I repel the ghost until I start thinking about all the things that happen. I'm like, no, maybe not. You know? Yeah. 
I was going to say then or ask, did you did you guys or either of you two kind of have like sensitivity to that paranormal when you were younger or is like all this stuff, things that happen later in life? um, And then you started experiencing things, I guess. For me, it's later in life. Now, Jen, she says that she's empathic and all that. I don't know, you know, but she does. Jen, I, you've got to get her on separate because she can tell you all her ghost stories. She lives in a house that is haunted. We have confirmed that by several different teams have come in, you know, friends of ours and uh, confirmed it. And one day we were standing there and a shadow figure walked in between us. And I'm like, hey, we're talking here. And, wow. and um, she hears whistling in her house. She hears voices. She hears, you know, a lot of different things. And her house. Now, I don't know if well, we can talk about it and she can, she can give you a better explanation about it. But she woke up one night and the neighbor that lives across the street that passed away the month before was standing in her bedroom. <laughs> and um, that I think that's the only full body apparition she saw. But our friend who's a psychic come in and we, we had nights where we just hang out, you know, and talk. And then she showed up and we're like, you know, what's going on here? So she's like, well, let's do an investigation. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And Jen's like, I don't want to investigate my house. And then she's like, nah, let's investigate. And she says that there's several spirits in there. There's a dog spirit. There's um, a young boy. When I say young, I'm thinking probably 19, I should say. I shouldn't say young, but there's a boy in there that she says that died at the Burger King down the street. And, you know, I know that one of the previous owners hung himself in the garage. But I don't think that's a spirit that's there. The Mm. way that I, the way she talks, I think that spirits that are there are the lady from across the street, this kid or guy that was killed down the street. And she said that there's a dog spirit in there and stuff. But when, if you get a chance to have her on, she can tell you about that. You know, I, I don't, I'm secondhand talking so i don't know yes but she has experiences all the time in her house and we talk about it on the show and that but you know it's other than that just tons of other things sorry (laughs) yeah i was looking around right now because i was trying to get something to write with because i'm trying to you know make notes for when we have jen on as well but i couldn't (laughs) find anything so but i mean was that something that she knew about uh, like prior to moving into the house, like the previous owner hanging himself no. and stuff like that. Cause no, cause uh, we talk about it all the time where we've, we've read stories on Reddit where, you know, people move into houses and then they find out later on. And I, and I guess realtors and stuff like that, or whoever's selling you the house doesn't really have to, I know it's state by state. Also, they don't have to disclose certain things that happen, but we're always like, man, that's kind of, <laughs> kind of a shitty thing to do, yeah. you know? But I guess people, they're not going to tell you that because they're trying to sell the house, right? And if you know that, exactly. you probably won't buy it. But still, I feel like, you know. Mm-hmm. But the, I feel like the funny thing, though, with that house is like the ghost that you would think would haunt right. it is the person who hung yes. themselves yeah. in the house. is isn't even the one yeah. haunting. It's people it, who passed away. Yeah. I yeah, mean, so it might be. Crazy. But as far as I'm thinking, yeah. I don't think it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, even even still, I feel like that adds a layer of usually it's like, oh, well, like who died in the house or what was mm-hmm. the house built on, like the land. But it doesn't even have to be that. It can be someone who passed away nearby and they're like, hey, I kind of like it here. And they, yeah. you know, or they, they stay, just or, or they, felt her energy. 
and yeah. they're like, yeah. hey, let me attach over here. They know yeah. that we are into this. They can understand that we're into this and that we're open to it. And I feel that people that are into the paranormal and do investigations that spirits may be drawn to them because, you know, this, it's like when you're on the other side and nobody's paying attention to you, you see someone that actually can pay attention to you. You're going to be like, hey, hello, hey, 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 look at me, look at me, look at me, look yeah. at me, you know? Moths to the flame, yeah. You yeah. see that little Confirm. beacon and they're like, oh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's wild. So then these, these uh, uh, like, cons that you do, basically, um, what is some of the scare or weirdest, scariest experiences or stories that people have shared with you? And is it just personal experiences that they're sharing, or how are you interviewing really, your guests? Really, you know, okay. a lots of times, you know, when you obviously you guys know, but when you do a podcast or that and you're going to interview someone, you look them up and you try to figure out, you know, what's their background, what do they do and stuff like that. And when we're at the conventions, we just say, hey, you want to be on the show? Sit down. We don't know anything about them. Now, you know, the celebrities, obviously, we know some background about them and that. And a lot of the speakers will I'll look them up in the, you know, what they talk about and stuff. So we kind of get a feel for them. But a lot of times when the people that are just attending the shows and they say, well, what do you guys do? Well, we're, we're podcasts. We interview people on that. And, and um, they always, you know, one of the things we always hear is I've never told anybody this, but, and I'm always like, wait, <laughs> stop, sit down. Let's get you on the air and say, and they'll be like, really? I'm like, yeah, you want to be on our show? You can be on our show. So we just, Take people, lots of times just sit them down and cold interview them. Just like when, you know, you do a cold reading or that, but we just interview people and we kind of let them guide us to what we're going to ask them. Now, we've had a lot of celebrities on and, you know, we, we're we good friends with a lot of people that are on the TV shows and we've had them on. So we kind of know what they're doing, but it's I love it when somebody just comes up and sits down and starts talking and you get blown away by their stories. Like there was one guy, we were doing a show in Cleveland. It's um, Lorraine, Ohio at a hospital, which we love. We've had some great experiences at this hospital that it's tore down now, but it was called the old St. Joseph's hospital. And they had a convention there and there was this kid there. And I'm like, this kid looks homeless. All right. Just to, not to be rude, but he looks homeless. And he's hanging around our table and I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, you got, what do you guys do? And real quiet. And I'm like, yeah, we're a podcast. You know, we, we interview people and all that. And he's like, can I be on your show? And I'm like thinking to myself, oh no, no. <laughs> and he gets on and um, I forget his first name, but his last name is Holt. And he was one of the best interviews we've had. What he is, is a, like a motivational type speaker, but he does it in the format of the paranormal and he calls himself a psychic. I don't know if he is or not, you know, but, um, God, I wish I could remember his first name, but he sits down and the switch turned. He went from being this quiet little person that looks homeless because there were a lot of homeless people there and there were homeless people found in the hospital. And, um, he sits down and he just starts talking and he's like, and I'm like, 
holy crap, you know, so you never know who you're going to talk to. Yeah. And London Holt, his name was London Holt. And it was one of the best interviews we ever had. Just vibrant, uh, very positive. And he would talk about spirits and how the spirits help people, you know, like um, spirit guides. Mm -hmm. He knew so much. And I'm like, why are you not writing a book about this stuff? (laughs) And he's like, well, I don't know. I just help people out. And I'm like, okay. I almost uh, wonder. On the flip side of that, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. But on the flip side of that, um, one of my good friends is Daylon Spratt from the Ghost Brothers. And I met him at the convention and we were just like, hey, man, you want to be on our show? He's like, hell yeah. And he gets that. And, you know, so I kind of knew his background. But like I said, I still love the going to the conventions, just having someone walk up and sit down and just start talking. Like you yeah. said earlier, just couple friends talking yeah that's that's the best i feel like the best way to do it it's Mm -hmm. more natural (laughs) (laughs) um but i was i was gonna say with with the lyndon holt i believe yeah um it almost sounds like he's like channeling something Mm -hmm. like it's or how he can just flip it on and off. I don't know. That's so. It was weird. uh, (laughs) Yeah. And and it's so would his episode be in your catalog still somewhere? It's it's way back. Okay. I'd have to look. And I I actually looked him up. I'm like, what is he up to? And his Facebook account is not working, but I believe you'd have to look back probably in season or season two, maybe. I'd have to look okay. it up again, but that was a great interview. We were, I was like, yeah. I, I really like that kid. You know, he's vibrant, positive. We need more positive people in the light. And yes, he's, you know, and he, I think he kept saying live in light or love and light or something like that. Yes. Those are, those are my favorite people who can bring a little bit of sunshine to a uh, not so bright world. Right yeah. Now. Uh, but yeah. So then what is one of the uh, Sorry, locations? Really quick. Uh, episode 97, Manifestations with London Holt. Oh, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Nice. Good, good researching, brother. <laughs> I'd love to have him on um, again. That's why I looked him up. I can't find yeah. him. So I'm like, I'm going to have to find someone that knows him or something. He's got to yeah. be out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hopefully, yeah. Um, uh, but so what is, what's a location that uh, you guys have investigated that just, you got a ton of evidence or the most compelling evidence? There's been a couple. Um, like I said, St. Joseph's hospital is awesome. I had things happen where I was in the, um, I almost said solitary. I was in the, uh, intensive care unit and Jen had more experiences I had there. She actually saw, a a white coat float past her in the labor and delivery room. But really I didn't have much happen there, but I love that place. And I was in the intensive care room. We had all the lights out and I kept seeing lights coming down the hall and shining in the door. And I'm like, Hey, somebody else is coming, you know, one of the other teams or, you know, investigators of that. And nobody showed up. I'm like, okay. I know this is the end of the hall unless they heard us in there or something, turn around and it happened like three times. So I turned my light on and shine at the door and there are no windows in the door. So there were light anomalies coming through. I didn't, I didn't know what they were at the time. You know, I just, 
Yeah. It was like someone taking a flashlight and shining it at the door as if there was a window there, but there wasn't a window. And we heard voices and stuff like that. But the most active place I've ever been is here in Toledo. And it was called the Bone House. Now, this was a cool place. Now, I've been to a lot of different places. I've been to, you know, I spent the night in prisons, the sane asylums, all that stuff. But theaters, hospitals, jails, I love. But we got a call from our friends from Haunted Toledo. And they're like, hey, you want to come over and help us investigate this house? I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And it's downtown right by the railroad station in an older part of town. And we get there. Now, I think it was the night or the week before Haunted Toledo was there doing their first investigation. During their first investigation, someone was murdered outside. What? So we're Is like, part of their we want or... to do this or not, you know? Yeah. And uh, they're like, no, you have to come to this house. And I'm like, Okay, but why do you call it the Bone House? And they're like, we'll tell you. All right, so get to this house. It's a nice looking house. It's got a new roof. Um, the front end is kind of fixed up. And what it is, this guy bought this house. And he bought it to remodel and flip, you know, resell. He started pulling the boards off the walls. And it was this house Jesus. that had the old flat style boards, you know, where you had the yeah. plaster and the boards. Mm-hmm. He started pulling the boards off and bones fell out. He's like, that's bizarre. So he starts pulling yeah. understatement <laughs> all over and every single board that he pulled up bones fell out from behind. Okay. Now board wall, everything had bones. So he called the police. Police came out. Coroner came out. They took some of the bones. Uh, Channel 24 News showed up. So if you want to look that up too, you can look up oh, Channel 24, the bone house. Um, they showed up and the coroner said that they are mainly canine and chicken bones. Uh, well, that's still kind of weird. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of the bones and there's some pretty big bones. Now, I'm an EMT or was an EMT. I've seen a lot of different things. I know anatomy. I had to learn it all. And I looked at some of the bones, and they were bigger than canine. I'm not saying they're human. You know, they could have been goat. Who knows? So the history of this house is this house was a hub back in the 80s for a religion called Santeria. Oh, hmm. shit. Santeria <laughs> oh, no. is an old-style Mex- Mexican, I guess, religion. Yes. And they I guess sacrifice chickens. Latin America. Yeah. Yeah. So... That house was like the central hub for Toledo for Santria. So literally bones are raining out of the walls or the floorboards or wherever. We had so much activity. If you get on, step on the porch. Now, got to remember this house is gutted. And by the time it, the guy that owned it got rid of it, There was nothing left of the floor. He literally would wake up in the middle of the night in his underwear, go to the house and start digging under the house because he was so obsessed. So we walk in and it's a mess. You can see down through the floor. You know, you got to be careful where you step. And you can go 
up the steps to the second level, which was just like an attic, but there was nothing up there. There was a table at the end of the steps and there were cut marks all over this table. Above the table, there was like a pulley. So that's where they must have been taking the sacrifices up there. Yeah. Tons of stuff happened in there. Uh, I wasn't there when they had they had it on video. Um, Haunted Toledo's website has it. Where they were up in the attic and you could hear a board get ripped off the wall and get thrown across a room at them. The We've had EVPs where they call out the, um, Sarah's name. There was writing on the walls in old style, like Mexican style. I don't know what, but writing. They found letters. They found hairbrushes. They found um, women's underwear. You know, stuff like that. I don't know if that's like something that, like if they were, they did find a bunch of love letters. I don't know if that's part of the religion where you, you know, write things on paper or whatever. I don't know. But they found a lot of weird stuff in the house. We were up in the attic one night and we're all sitting there doing an investigation and he's remodeling this house. So the new windows that are up there had like a gap around them that he hasn't filled in yet. And I'm, I'm like, I'm surprised there's no bats in this house. And just as I said that a white bat flew over our heads. Now there's no such thing as a white bat here in Toledo. Okay. It wasn't a dove. It wasn't a pigeon or a city chicken. And it just flew over our heads and we're like, everybody ducked. So everybody saw it and we turned all the lights on, you know, that we had flashlights and all that because the house didn't have power, but we turned all the lights on, couldn't find this thing. We all saw it. So what the hell was that? You know, but you step on the porch with your K2 meter and you can literally put, take it and just put it in the door and it will go to red and stay there. So I'm like, okay, the train station is right over there. Is there a main line power line under this house to where it would cause it to have that much EMF. So Chris, who's in charge, you know, Chris, he's in charge of haunted Toledo does a great job. He's a historian. He did some digging and at the library and all that and found out that there's no power lines running under that house. There's no water pipes running under that house, but the K2 is useless. You, it's red all the time inside that house. There's no power, no electricity, no water. And the house is up for sale. The last time I saw it, it was up for sale, like 800 bucks. Yeah. Because for one, it's known as the bone house. But yeah. two, the owner was, he kept going back and digging under the house. And it's completely ripped. You look it up on, um, Google Maps, and you can see it. It's a beautiful little white house. And after the show, I'll give you the address so you can look it up. But you can look at this house, and the outside is really nice. And I'm like, man, I wish I could buy this. But unfortunately, when he left, I don't know if it's true or not because I haven't looked into it, but I've heard that he took and poured cement down all the sewer systems. So the it's although you could buy the house cheap, it would cost way too much to fix it up yeah 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 but you just sabotaged it yeah that but that house the activity was unbelievable in that house and we were there one night i'll send you this picture i don't have it on here where i can show you but i'll have it on my phone i'll send it after the show i was talking to the owner i'm like really every board he's like watch 
he pulled a board up and I watched him, pulled it up. There was a bone under there carved in a little, looked like a little face. So I took a picture of him and left it there. I didn't touch it. Yeah. I left it there. And he's like, that's what I'm talking. He says they're everywhere. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So yeah, if you want to look that up, um, WNWO news channel 24, they were there with haunted Toledo talking about the bone house and the coroner says that it was just chickens and dogs. I'm thinking they were a little bigger than dog, maybe goat. Who knows? I mean, all three of those animals sound like something people would sacrifice, yeah. you know, if they're doing mm-hmm. some sort of ritual, I guess. Yeah. But That's 201 Newton Street. There you go. That one? Oh. Yeah. Are you it's a nice looking it? house. Yeah. I'm going, I, I, I'm, if it was salvageable, salvageable, if I can say the oh, word it right. It does look like an, it is a very pretty house. Yeah. It's not huge, but it's, I mean, no. it's nice. It's it's just your standard looking old country 1800s house mm-hmm. in the old neighborhood. I'm wondering. Oh, that is beautiful. I'm wondering why if, Zach Baggins hasn't bought it and studied or <laughs> investigated it. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if uh, well a couple things. One, if they chose the house because they could feel some sort of energy and it helped them with their you know with their santeria with their rituals and stuff like that, and if they place those bones as some sort of like protection from something. Cause I That's mean, right. if it's lining the entire, the floor, the walls and everything. But that many, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. if, sorry. The only other thing I can think of is it's a way that they can get rid of the bones and nobody knows that too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're sitting there and the train stations right there. And I'm thinking, I wonder if anybody's disappeared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Or maybe they chose that location because their friends and relatives can come in from Chicago or New York, stop at the train and just walk over mm-hmm. and spend time at the house and then leave and just go back to New York or Chicago, whichever way they jump on the train. I mean, it would definitely be interesting to look, you know, to see more or less when that was going on and then to see if there were any missing persons reports in the area or i guess you would even probably have to look in any surrounding like cities or any any like Mm -hmm. but that's just a lot of cities because i mean it doesn't necessarily mean that they're from there but it could have been somebody traveling from somewhere else that you know you just take them and be like yeah well nobody's gonna look for them here we thought the same thing. And, you know, once you start thinking that way, your brain just keeps going bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And oh. next thing you know, they're grabbing people right off the train and throw them in the house. And, you know, but yeah. I doubt if that happened, you know, <laughs> but you know how you start <laughs> thinking about stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, but it might've been just one of the relatives owned the house and it was close to the train and they didn't have to get a hotel. They could just get off the train and go to the house and, you know, who knows? Yeah. That's wild, though. Now I want to kind of Google and research and see if carved bones, especially chicken and goat and, and yeah. dog bones, are part of something or like what, what significance they have, I guess. Yeah, other I'll than send you the picture after. Obvious. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, that's unnerving. <laughs> I remember we were at Jen's house and Chris Tillman from Haunted Toledo, we were going to interview him about the bone house. And we're at my sister's house and he shows up and 
He's like, hey, Jen. She's like, what? And he throws a bag of something to her and she grabs it. Oh, no. And it's the bones from the bone house. No. And she says that she uh, got so dizzy when she touched him. I bet. And I looked at him. I didn't touch him, but I looked at him. I didn't feel nothing. I was like, <laughs> you know. Oh. Well, I mean, I, I, know, nice. <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's that, like if it's that religion, if it's Santeria, that where they read like chicken bones or if it's just. Like they have bones and they'll just kind of like shake them around and then they'll throw them down and it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, I I honestly don't know anything about that religion at all. Yeah. I think our cousin said he was a Santero. So I guess he would probably be the Martin. You remember he said that he was a Santero? Yeah, he did say that. That's true. Yeah, we can ask him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of our our cousins that lives in Mexico, Mm -hmm. because we're we're Mexican as well, or Mexican-American. Um. But yeah, I wonder if he would have more information. I would got to ask him yeah. to see if he would know the significance. So maybe we'll be able to <laughs> add yeah. it to this episode too, so that uh, we can all find out together. Yeah. And if you have Jen on, you can just surprise her and say, "Now, what happened to you in the bone house?" <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's been there a lot more times than I have. Yeah. Is there any? And so- oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go- no, because I was going to ask another question. We're probably going to, it would probably move us on from this. But if you're going to ask something regarding this, then. Honestly, I already just forgot listening to you. Sorry. That's <laughs> uh, my brain. We do that oh, too man. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell I you how many. Ask, which oh, is, like, I can't tell you how many times we're doing an interview or we're doing a show and we're like, what? What? Yeah. what? Thank God for editing. yes seriously that's yeah we we actually sound slightly educated because (laughs) because i like well that the like the like is our our, very uh, slightly and you know uh, uh, and you know and um and you know um Mm -hmm. um so yeah that too (laughs) lots of ums so's and likes We'd, we've always kind of considered doing like a maybe like a Patreon and then doing an unedited version, but I don't yeah. think that's. No one's gonna want to hear that. <laughs> I have a uh, copy of my dialogue from one of the conventions when we interviewed um, Eric Garcia, and it's a my dialogue was seven minutes, and the whole thing is uh huh, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. So I put it all together and played it. I'm, and I was like, Jen, um, were you a little infatuated by Eric or what? And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, here's my dialogue. And it's all, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, like was- I think Michelle probably has a few tracks of me doing the exact same thing. Because I, I think there at the at the beginning too, there was even a point where she was like, "Hey, um, can you just like not, uh, yeah, uh huh, into the mic? Because it's literally all you're doing." I'm like, "Gotcha." So that's why sometimes uh-huh, when people yeah. are talking, <laughs> I try to sit back here so it's not, you know. So mm-hmm. I mean, she can edit it out, right? But just so that she doesn't like have to. Um, but yeah, I, I still do it. Yeah. I think funny. it's it's kind of like a thing where you you just want the person to know I am listening, and you know, and you don't want to yeah. just be sitting there like staring at them uh but yeah because I, I do that sometimes too especially when i'm super into the story i'm just like eyes wide like you know uh-huh yeah and then yeah. The <laughs> looking at you going okay you can talk now yeah yeah <laughs> exactly so i was gonna ask was you 
Oh, you go. No, I was going to say, but what was your question, oh, yeah, Eric? That uh, I was just going to ask if there's anywhere that you like a uh, bucket list or like your top three places that you'd like to go visit or, uh, you know, investigate. Uh, investigate. Yeah. I think that my number one place, and this might be a little morbid, I don't know how this comes across, but Alcatraz yeah. would be one. And I, you know, we talk about the stone tape theory. Think about mm-hmm. that, how how much energy is put into that area. Yeah. And that then I don't know how I would investigate it, you know what I mean? But it's one of the places I've always wanted to kind of go to just because I'm curious about what it would be like. And who knows if I would even get there and do any investigation because I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is not you know, yeah. proper or whatever. But that's really, that's probably my number one that I would like to go to. Um, other thing is across the pond, go over to England and, and Ireland, you know, go to all the different castles and the different places over there because, you know, we're talking places that are, you know, 1500s, 1600s, they're still there, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, I've been to New Orleans and there's a, there's a black swamp or black swamp, a blacksmith shop in downtown right by the French quarter. That's pretty old. And that doesn't even compare to what you find over there. Yeah. You know, other yeah. things like that. You know, I just, I, I honestly would just like to go everywhere. You know, there's so many yeah. places and doing the show, I've been, you know, there's no such thing as an expert, but I'm learning so much of little things, like little snippets of things to where I read about these places. I'm like, I want to go. I want yeah. to go to these places, but you know, feel- we work, so we can't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately yeah 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 eric and i have been wanting to to go out and investigate but it just yeah i mean living in completely different cities doesn't help either yeah but um it'd be super cool to do an investigation and, and turn that into an episode as well but we just yeah haven't and we've met so many paranormal investigators too who have been like yeah like come on out and we'll do an investigation and we just have not taken them up on that offer but we really do need to and yeah um yeah it'd be a lot of fun I but just, so it's I was gonna say I just uh, and I mean we've talked about this before I'm I'm one of those people that's like I want to do it and then I'm just afraid that at the moment you know just being there I'm gonna you know freak out or something because oh, I've, I've, I've yeah I mean because I've done it a lot uh like I've had experiences in in the nursing home and stuff like that and it's just uh every time that something would happen like I just would I freeze I'm like oh. yeah like that's like that's my reaction is just to like freeze and not necessarily like you know run in the opposite direction i just like i i just like deer in the headlights running i don't know that keep calling come talk to me come talk to me come talk to me and you hear this and you're like ah and run out of the room yeah no That that would probably be us though. We want something <laughs> to happen, and then the moment it happens, we'd be like, "No, we don't want this to happen." Um, but it, it would still be. I feel like we we just have had little tiny moments of experiences, but to actually go searching. For, well, Eric used to investigate when he was younger, but I never, <laughs> I never really did. But um, I guess to 
purposely go seeking these experiences versus just it happening um, on its own. I think we definitely need to do that, though. You got to. And it's a good way to experience things to where you're not going to be able to do, you know, I always say one thing about being a paranormal investigator that is we get into places that other people can't get into. And you get to see these old buildings or these old locations and you get to learn the history. And that's, that's 50% of the fun or maybe even more is getting into these places, seeing the history, seeing how these, you know, these buildings being able to get into places where other people can't like uh, we investigated old St. Pat's downtown, which is like a cathedral church. And I got to climb all the way up the bell tower past where anybody, where it's just like wooden rungs up there and being able to be in basements of places and in caves, you know, going into caves that people can't get into or different locations and that, you know, that's, that's a lot of the fun of it too. But, you know, a lot of people, and like I say, I know a lot of people that are on the TV shows and a lot of people think by watching them, how they react, how they act is you're going to go into a location and within 45 minutes, you're going to have 30 different things happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it just mm-hmm. doesn't happen like that. When they film, they're filming and sometimes, you know, they film for days, but some of them go back months later to the same location and have the continuity person make sure that they have the same clothing on the same, their hair is the same, you know, down to if someone got scratched, you know, they make sure it all looks the same so that you don't know that this is three months later. Yeah. You know, so when you go into a a true investigation, you're going to spend hours sitting in a dark, dirty room waiting for one knock or that, or you may go into a location too and stuff will happen before you even get your recorders on and stuff. It'll be so active. So there's a, either way happens where, but majority of the time you're going to be sitting in an old building or old, you know, in a hospital or church or cave or anywhere for hours, getting little bit of information. And another thing you have to think about too is, Let's say you go to an investigation for an hour. I mean, you obviously you want to do longer, but let's just say an hour. You have your digital recorder running. You have your camera. You have three cameras in the other rooms. You have two cameras in the other room. You have recorders in each room. You have all this, all these pieces of equipment recording data that you have to go over. Yeah. And I'm releasing a show or it's not a documentary, but it's documentary style. I'm releasing this show coming up called The Warehouse of our investigation at the Spaghetti Warehouse downtown Toledo. We did an Estes method. I don't know. Are you familiar with the Estes method? Yeah. Yes. So we did the Estes method. And for your listener, it's I was in trance. I put the glasses on or the things on so you can't see what's going on around you. I have noise canceling headphones on and I have earbuds in playing the spirit box. And if you're not familiar with the spirit box, it's a device that goes, it sweeps the radio frequencies. And if you want, I'll play an EVP for you in a minute that I'll, yes. I'll see if you can hear, but we were sitting up there and I was in, I call it in trance, but I'm not really in trance, but you can get into the zone because 
you're sitting in a chair and you don't know what's going on around you. All you hear is the SP seven spirit box going and you'll hear something. And when you hear something, you just yell it out. Well, we were doing this session up there and it was unbelievable. I was saying stuff that didn't make sense to me, but then when I listened back to it, every question and comment that the two other people that are there were asking, I would like answer. And the reason why I, I bring this up is I also have my, Zoom H6 recorder with three microphones on it. So I had three channels there I had to listen to, you know, and luckily this was only an hour. But when you go on an investigation, you got to remember every channel, every microphone has information on it that you have to listen to. And going back, listening to the, the recording from that, I heard so many EVPs of children in my recorder from that, but not even the camera recorder, but the audio recorder, and then what I was responding to. So when you go on an investigation, you want to listen to all your equipment very carefully, put headphones on, you know, go get in a quiet room so you can actually hear what's on there. So people think that an investigation is just 45 minutes, you get all kinds of activity. No, it's the investigation, but it's also the hours of going over your evidence. But don't deter that from actually going and doing it because it's a blast. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we, we, the investigator friends that we have, have have said that, like, they'll be there from eight o'clock to like six in the morning or some, mm-hmm. you know, crazy hours like that. And it's like, we got two pieces of evidence. Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe I don't want to do yeah. this, but um, we need to. I think it'd be fun. I mean, but I there's still got a recorder. There's times too where you, you can't get your equipment on fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff is happening, you know? So it, you never know. You never know. Crossing our fingers it's for worth that. Going and doing though. <laughs> yes. Uh, I still have a recording on, on, on a recorder that I haven't listened to that I've been saying that I'm going to listen to that I'm just like, I still haven't. Yeah. Oh, I did it at my dad's house. Um, and. You're too. But that's because not out of laziness, but. Of you're afraid to hear something yeah. in it. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> you're I have afraid a, that you actually got evidence. It already <laughs> happened. Don't worry about it. It's true. It's well, true. I mean, it has already happened, but they just have so many little things that happen in the house. Like, and I, you know, I, that house needs cleansing. <laughs> <laughs> Need someone to go in there with a sage fog machine and just. <laughs> blow the house we were supposed to try to go do that during christmas but uh it just didn't it didn't happen it didn't happen totally forgot so if you want i can play an evp for you yeah yes please i'd be now let me see if i can find it here i'm gonna turn up my headphones (laughs) um when we record things happen to us we have like one time we were recording and Ave Maria just started playing for no reason. You know, I mean, I had it on, I have it on my um, soundtracks here. I have a page with all the different like intro music. Cause we use hardcore Detroit rock and roll intro music. My best friend Dana is in four different bands and I have a lot of her music that we use as our intro and outro music. So we did a story about Ave Maria. So, it was on this recording, but I wasn't touching the computer and just turned on sometime. Uh, we also were doing a story about the Greenbrier ghost, which is one of the only ghosts that proved her case in a court of law. And 
I'll play that one for you too. Why not? You know, yeah, so uh, yeah. let me play this first one for you. What happened was we were sitting here recording and I'm on this side of the table. Jen's on that side of the table and I'm looking out now where we record, we have the studio and then we have my art gallery and then out to the rest of the house. And I saw a blue light go by and I'm like, Jen, I just saw a blue light and we were done. So she picked up her SB seven spirit box and her phone. And this is what we captured. And I, I won't tell you anything about it until afterwards. Whose house am I in right now? I'm trying to confirm that you know who lives here. Uh, right. again. Yeah, because I just got chills that ran down my spine. Who am I in right now? I'm trying to confirm that you know who lives here. Could you hear it? I don't know if you can, I can hear, it. hear it. I just can't. I'm trying to make out what it's or what yeah what it's saying. Definitely female's voice, but mm-hmm. so I heard this and it freaked me out. And me and Jen both were like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe that." So I took this and played this for Jackie's mom, and she started crying. She's like, "That's Jackie." Oh, oh. That is Jackie's voice. I'll play it one more time for you. Just to tease you. Whose house am I in right now? I'm trying to confirm that you know who lives here. So quick, it's but it's uh, your name, right? Yeah. She's saying yeah. hey Joe. Okay. Okay. Hey, Joe. I, I just now heard it. I mean, I don't know why you telling me it was Jackie. I all of a sudden was able to make out what it said, but mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I played that for her mom and she started crying. She's like, oh my God, that's Jackie's voice. And I'm like, yeah. So she's still around. Way to make me cry in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> oh, right. It's all paranormal. Oh. Um, another thing that happened to us, we did the show about the Greenbrier ghost. And we were done. We were doing our goodbyes. And at the end, you know, we always say, you know, get up on our, get up on our website. There's t-shirts, all that stuff for sale. And I, my sister, Jen sells um, clothing, you know, aftermarket or how do you say it? She sources clothes and then sells it on a page called Poshmark. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So let me play you the version that was played over the air and then I'll play you my track because it only picked this up in my track. Like I said, we have my microphone, her microphone goes into the recorder on separate tracks and then the music goes in on a separate track. So don't mind my dorky voice at the end. Okay. All right, here we go. Get up there on Jen's page, her Poshmart. Mm -hmm. The, The link's in the description below. And share your Greenbrier ghost story with us. I'm so glad we didn't call it ghost. <laughs> I was so worried about that. What was that? That was weird. I hope you guys all heard that. Yeah. Interesting. We're going gonna... <laughs> Okay. So that was a scream. That's Ooh. what was heard over the air. And I'll play you just my track. I don't know oh, if no. I want to hear this. <laughs> all right, go. Link in the description <laughs> below. And, and share your Greenbrier 
ghost story with us. I'm so glad we didn't call it ghost. <laughs> That's so weird to clap. What was that? That was weird. I hope you guys all heard that. Yeah. So. We, I absolutely hated that. <laughs> <laughs> we actually oh, had God. something, I th- but I, I think this was me because I think I was sick at the time. So it might have just been me breathing. But we were talking about it was when yes. we were doing a deep dive. Uh, was it a deep dive on fairies? And I think so. We were doing a deep dive on fairies, and I think oh. I said something, and then you hear like this s- similar similar sound to that. That was like clear. yeah, that, yeah. This was a lot, like oh, and longer yeah. too. Um, yeah. But again, I think mine might have just been like me breathing and my nose doing something weird. Even though I wasn't really sounding like that the entire episode, but I was sick We're at the use time. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That was that was crazy. I, and it's and yeah. I have no idea what it was. I think you know you know how if you put your phone close to your wires, it ticks and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay. What would cause that? But we're not moving anything. Yeah. You know, our wires. And this was before I had the mixer board and all this stuff too, because I have to use a mixer board to do the thing we're doing now. It was just the microphones going into the Zoom H6. And we caught that, a woman screaming. And I'm like, okay. People call us or people message us all the time and say they hear EVPs during our recordings and stuff. And I edit everything, but the problem is I edit everything at 160 speed. So everybody sounds like chipmunks Oh, okay. because it's, That's you know, it true. saves time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're doing editing, you know, it's still going to take you over an hour to do an hour show. But if you listen at like, I'm up to, I'm, I've moved up. I used to listen at 130, 140. Now I'm up to 160 where I can, I know Dang. the gaps and everything, but everybody sounds like chipmunks when they're talking, but yeah. it helps me edit faster. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, we definitely had some people. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was just going to say, we've definitely had people reach out to us too and uh, be like, Hey, I heard this and that like here. And I know there's been a couple of times where like I've heard something and then, because Michelle edits the episode, sends it to me. I listen to it to make sure everything's, you know, good. I didn't miss anything or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then I'll upload it. Um, and then there will be times where I'm like, hey, can you go back and listen to this or listen here? And then um, luckily, a lot of the stuff that we've heard, we've heard over Michelle's mic. It hasn't really been over my mic. <laughs> uh, I'm very thankful for that. Um, <laughs> I actually had, we had this little weird light phenomenon happen on her end as well. Like on, I saw it on her video. Um, so again, thankfully it's all been I'm on the her end. in this family. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, the thing is too, like I always try and do a little bit of Sage or a little bit of Palo Santo right before we record. So like, I'm not, you know, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's, in, it's interesting. It's, oh. you know, uh, we even had a the great screen. one where, we were talking about uh, the Conjuring House in the movie or something, and then Michelle's light started to just flicker. Oh yeah, um, I think that yeah, there's like a video of that on Instagram. That was I thought I was gonna die because it was like horror <laughs> movie. Like it here because I record in a closet because the the clothes is help, helps with acoustics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the lights just started flickering like out of a horror movie, and I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> and I all I could do was nervous laugh because I was like, "What is happening right now?" Yeah. It's good to know that we're not the <laughs> only ones that have. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure we're not, right? But you know, yeah. 
Uh, I feel like too when you when you're talking about this topic in particular, it it's a, kind of like a bringing it up and people are or not people but things are listening mm-hmm. and you know uh, I'm sure it's much easier to communicate through technology and mics that pick up you know lots of you know different sounds and quieter yeah. sounds that maybe we can't hear but. Uh, I am not looking forward to editing this podcast episode because I don't want to have to hear the screams again. But <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna like stop it at Jackie's and be like, no one needs to to hear that blood curdling scream. Um, and I like, do you great. like the story of the Conjuring House? I do. I like. I feel like I'm I'm a little jaded now with it because people with the like the debunking, but mm-hmm. it's like hard to to know what to believe i guess uh can i give you a suggestion yes who knows a lot about this house is Mm -hmm. name is andrea perrin oh yeah yeah. she lives know her the the daughter yeah yeah one of the nicest sweetest people i know and if you ever get a chance get her on the show you'll love her i mean I've, i've heard that she yeah well i've heard that she's pretty open about doing interviews and, and talking about her experiences if if i mean I heard we can try and reach out i i didn't it's i've never uh, i guess it's like tom said too like just yeah. reach out and what's the worst they can say is no you know so i yeah we're gonna say is no yeah yeah i mean you know, I, one of my favorite interviews that we've done was with stanton friedman he was the only um civilian in the roswell incident and he was a big ufo guy we were at a convention and he's sitting across from us. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's Stanton Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> Stanton Freeman is right across from us. And, uh, the first day I'm like, just staring at him and probably thinking, who's that weirdo staring at me. And the next morning we get up and we're at Michigan Paracon, which is our favorite Paracon. If you ever get a chance, it's a long drive, but it's worth going Michigan Paracon. Everybody is there. And when I say everybody, I mean, everybody is there except for Zach. Nice. Zach is not. Mm, it's okay. He's and, too um, much of a rock star. Well, it's the haunted hair is what it is. He's got the haunted hair, you know, but Stan was, we go in for breakfast because we eat breakfast right at the casino and he's sitting there. I'm like, oh, Jen, there's Stan Freeman. And I'm walking through and he gets up and he starts walking towards me. I'm like, okay. And he's like, um, do you know where the coffee's at? I'm like, yeah, it's right over there. And Jen's like, he thought you worked here. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, he thought he worked there. Oh, so that's, that's something. I mean, sitting there, I would have rolled with it. Yeah, it funny. I'm like, yeah, it's right over there. And he's like, okay. okay. And I asked him a little later. I'm like, hey, you want to be on the show? When? Uh, Whenever. Right. And he's like, right now? I'm like, sure. And we get him on and it was great. Oh, great interview and it was, it was like yeah. two or three weeks before he passed and but it was like i was nervous to go up to him because you know he's a celebrity stan freeman and like i said at the beginning of the show you meet so many nice people he was a little standoffish at first but i think that's just his character and once he got on the show we talked and had a great time that's awesome so, oh, that'd be a dream to be able to do <laughs> a convention like that and do you an episode can. Yeah, like, I know. A show. you can do yeah. it. True. Just reach out. The, like you said, the most they're going to do is say no. They're not yeah. going to yell yeah. at you. Just 
or just not respond. That's a no too. Yeah. See, I don't know yeah. if I could take that rejection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I feel like, I was, I feel like since we're still like a growing, I mean, we've only been at this for a couple of years. We're still growing and stuff like that. I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, people like that would be just like, Oh, you know, get your following up and then I'll think about it type of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, believe they do though. They do hey, more if you email them, but we have the opportunity that we're doing these conventions and we're meeting them at the conventions. And a lot of the conventions that we go to, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but a lot of conventions we go to, we're the only ones there. No one shows up. So we're all sitting around going, what are we doing? Hey, you want to board? Sure. All right. You know? Yeah. Because we've been to a lot of conventions that were duds, but we've been to some great ones too. So you never know. You never know until yeah. you ask. Um, if you email them, you're going to have to email their publicist or whatever, and they'll usually say no. Yeah. But, you know, if you ever get a chance to get to a convention, you meet them, you just say, hey, you want to be on the show? And 90% of the time they'll say, yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. Because they want to sell their books and all that just like everybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. So I wanted to ask you, I know this is probably something we should have uh, asked towards the beginning, but I kind of wanted to keep it more paranormal. Uh, but how, how is it that you guys uh, got you to you and Jen got started with like the, the podcast? Like what made you decide, Hey, let's do this. Or like, was it your idea? Was it her idea? Was it both of you? Kind of both. Cause I was listening to different podcasts, you know, for like photography and stuff like that. And she just come up to me one day and she says, you know, I'm into this ghost hunting thing. Cause she just did a ghost hunt with the guys from ghost adventures at Ohio state reformatory about two or three weeks before that. And it was a paid thing. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't where they called her up and say, Hey Jen, you want to come? No, she paid and you know, went oh, okay. and so she was really into it. And a lot of stuff happened at that when they went there. And she was into all the ghost shows and all that. And I was into the UFOs and stuff like that. And she's like, you want to do a podcast? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I did some research, found the microphones and all the equipment and all that that we needed and how to do a podcast and stuff. And we just started. It was 4th of July party at her house. We went down the basement for an hour, recorded, and came back up to the party. And here we are seven years later and 340-some shows. That's amazing. <laughs> but I think when that thing happened to me with Jackie really pushed me into the ghosty side of it. And it was around mm-hmm. that same time that Jen wanted to do a podcast. So yeah. worked out then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we are at about an hour and a half and I know that we can talk for about three hours, but <laughs> you know, refrain from I doing that. Talk about my oh. passion of the new, the Holy stones and the mounds and the stuff. So get me back on and we'll talk about yes. Indian mounds and the relationship to the paranormal. <laughs> well, cause even, I, I mean, <laughs> I even wanted to ask about if you had had any UFO experiences and I since you do like, okay. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> that was short. <laughs> it's like bubble burst. Okay. I, my passion now, I've always been interested in the giants and history in that. And my passion now is Indian burial mounds. I've been studying them for a few years and finding out the relationship between the burial mounds, the giants, and who I believe actually made those 
mounds, but we'll save that for a different show. Yeah, yeah I would, and and definitely yes, because I feel like uh, the topic of the giants has been coming up a lot. It well, at least like in my world and things that I've listened to and like seen. So I don't know what that's about, but you just added to that. <laughs> so maybe it's something that I need to look into, or like I said, we will definitely have you back on, um, and we can discuss some of those other I'd things love as well for sure. Yeah. Two 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 paranormal. Like, is that just because of the numerology, or is there like a significance? with that for you we, guys we chose that name for a couple of reasons uh first it's my sister's birthday february 22nd oh, okay oh, cool. oh, so it's coming but up three days it is a um it's a affirmation that if you see the number 222 a lot it's a means that you're on the right path hmm. so it has that but also it's a number that comes up in our life so many times, so many weird ways. Um, you know, a car cut in front of you and you have license plate two to two, or we get, you know, we travel a lot and I can't tell you how many times that person gives us our room key and it's two to two or stuff uh-huh. like that. So it was a number that came up in our lives a lot. And I think what pushed it over the edge is I was touring with my best friend, Dana's band, and we were down in Southern Illinois at a huge biker convention. And it was actually a naked biker convention <laughs> and we saw a lot of naked people and it's not, oh not nice. No, no, not, not good naked. Um, but it was down in cave in the rock, Illinois. And there's a, a cave that we wanted to go to, but on the way, the only way you can go to the cave and to the, where the, the concert was, there was a tractor that was blocking the road and you had to stop for the red light and wait for the other traffic and big, bold letters, two, two, two. I'm like, really? You know, so it was a number that came up in our lives a lot. And, but the main thing is it's the angelic meaning where you're on the right path and it's also Jen's birthday. So that's why we came up with the name. (laughs) That's awesome. And uh, the final question is a question that we always ask our guests that we, have been tending to forget these last couple episodes, but uh, it's uh, basically, would you ever use a, a Ouija board or like, I guess, basically, what are your thoughts on the Ouija board? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it, you know, neutral? You use one. It's have demons. One. It's all demons. You know, this, this whole thing of the paranormal is demons. No, but um, I never used it myself. I'm not afraid of it or that. Um, I just never used it. But a lot of people, you know, really don't like it. A lot of people don't use the Ouija boards and it's basically a talking board that you, that Mattel made for kids to summon demons and Zozo, you know, but, um, it's basically a toy, but it's a toy that's been around since the 800s. I believe the first talking board, I forget, but talking boards have been around forever. And the Ouija board was just made as a toy for party games, but it has such a negative connotation to it. And it has such a negative uh, reputation, but it's just another communication device, just like our K2 meters, just like our, you know, spirit boxes or our REM pods or stuff like that. But it has that connotation. Connotation. I can't talk. Connotation. Yeah. Connotation <laughs> of being a negative thing. But 
they've been around forever. I mean, it used to be a little basket that the people would, there was a pencil in a basket and they would move it around to spell out different words. And then they used that style of that basket to turn the plant, to make a planchette in that shape and went from there. But I don't know. I, I'm not afraid of them or nothing like that, but I just never used them. It's just one of the things I never tried. I probably will sometime, but I just, up to this point, I haven't tried it. That was going to be my next question, but would you? Because, yeah, I, the same I so. for me. I haven't. Right? Yeah. I, I, I Pretty much everything that you said is exactly how I feel about it. And I think I've started to kind of change Eric's mind, but he's always been like no Ouija board ever. But I think There's he's... been some weird stuff. I mean, I yeah. one of the guys I work with, he has a machine that cuts wood. Uh, it's oh, called yeah. a CNC machine. You put a different bit and you put the wood in, it cuts out carvings and all that. And I'm like, you know... Ouija boards are selling. You can make Ouija boards and sell those. <laughs> and he started making them. And the minute he started making them, all this stuff was happening in his house. Oh, you know, his, <laughs> his wife got really mad. The machine broke down a couple of times. And I'm like, come on. He's like, no, seriously, this happened. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> I got really oh, no. excited because I kind of wanted to try and make some Ouija boards. But now with this story, I don't know if i want to do that <laughs> i don't want to invite anything. don't be afraid of anything and see intention uh, you put into stuff that's true i i agree <laughs> that's true <laughs> okay i will make myself a <laughs> i won't use it but maybe i'll sell it or something <laughs> we'll see oh man okay did you have any more questions Eric? no that's good? it <laughs> all righty and uh let's see so is there anything that you would like to promote or where people can find you and your podcast and social medias or anything like that yeah, just uh, go. We have a website, the 222paranormal.com. And uh, everything basically is up there. We have a YouTube channel, which isn't really that great, but I'm working on it. I'm going to add some stuff to it. And that's at 222paranormal also. And everything you can just go to the website, 222paranormal.com. And there's links in there for everything. And I also have the Year of Profit podcast with my life coaching and my fin financial coaching stuff. I have that. So the year of profit, there's no website for that. It's just on Facebook and my year of profit podcast. And mm. if I can, I'll plug my book. I have yes, a 14 day morning affirmation transformation. It's a book that you do. You don't read it. You actually do it. And it's a 14 day program where you wake up every morning because the first thoughts in the morning control your whole day. There, you wake up, page one, there's an affirmation you read out loud, and then you answer some questions, and it sets the tone for your day. So that's the 14-day morning affirmation transformation. You can find mm -hmm. it on Amazon. So there, I, that's really all I got to plug. Nice. <laughs> oh, I like it. No, I... 222paranormal.com. We just wanted to thank you, Joe, uh, for, for being on, on the podcast. It's, and thank you for I reaching like, out. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I, I feel like there's a lot of coincidences with, I mean, your name is Joe. That's our dad's name. Mm -hmm. You guys are brother and sister duo. Like that's our thing. Like same. I love aliens. He loves, Oh, I mean, I guess I love them, love everything, but then your best friend's name being Jackie, that's my best friend's name too. So just like a whole bunch of weird <laughs> stuff uh, and coincidences, uh, which were really nice, but yeah. Thank you so much for, yeah, for being on and we look forward to having you. I'm so yeah. honored to be on the show. Yeah, I mean, we, we're definitely going to have Jen on yeah, uh, sooner rather than later, <laughs> very soon. 
the weirder the better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then we I think we would also love to obviously have you back on and then maybe even both of you on yeah. also at some point, you know. Let so. me know. We're always here for you. Great. Well, Great. thank you again and uh yeah. We'll, All right. we'll be in touch. Thank you. Well, all right, guys, that was Joe Shortridge from the 222 Paranormal Podcast. I was definitely excited to have him on uh, just because, like I said, when we got the email, um, well, first of all, I was excited that we got the email. Uh, and then second, <laughs> because when I clicked on the on their website, like the first thing I saw was we're a brother-sister duo. I was like, wait, I've read this before. Yeah, right. Uh, and so I was like, that's awesome. So I'm really looking forward to having Jen on. And I mean, like I said, I would love to have him on uh, or both of them on at the same time as well at, at some point, you know, just to, you know, have that kind of brother sister dynamic because that's always, it's always a fun time. Yeah. I wonder if they give each other shit like we do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it was cool that, like, like you said, um, and I, w- I was going to bring it up too, is just I feel like there's so many similarities between them and us yeah uh so i was trying to figure out who was the joe and who was the what's his sister's name i think yeah yeah, i I think it's it's kind of mixed yeah at first i was like i think i'm the joe and then i heard the jen's some of jen's stuff and i was like "Mm, maybe yeah but i think yeah it definitely blends for sure (laughs) yeah i think it's like it's a mixture so it's cool I, yeah. I like I said, it was a fun episode to record. So I hope that can be us in what five years from now. Yeah, right? five more this years. Is seven years. No, <laughs> dude, four because we're on our no, yeah. When do we start? Twenty twenty. Okay. We're going on our third year. Third year, yeah. So October will be our third year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, five more years. Maybe we'll wow, be doing conventions crazy. by then too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think thanks to everybody who listens, we're we're on the right track. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it continues to grow and we we really appreciate you guys uh that do take the time to listen to us cuz uh I know Yeah. You know? I just appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you guys we're listening. We're going to say I know that we suck and you probably shouldn't be listening and have better things to do. Is that where you're uh, going with it? Something this? along those lines, yeah. <laughs> Why you got to be so self-deprecating? I don't know, dude. Oh my gosh. But thank you for listening. We do we do appreciate everybody who takes the time, especially in December. Wow, I just spit all over my microphone. <laughs> thank God for that spit card, huh? Yeah, no shit. Uh especially in December, because I know we 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 didn't uh put anything out in December and honestly wasn't expecting any you know, listens. Any and- listening. Yeah, any downloads or anything like that. So we appreciate everybody who did listen. And everybody who has listened this month, uh, like I said, we're we appreciate every single one of you. And if we have any new listeners too, like Eric was saying, um, yeah, this month has been really good for listens. So we appreciate uh, if there are new people out there or if maybe you took a break with us and are catching up again, um, whatever it may be, we, we appreciate it. Well, alrighty, guys, if you would like to contact us, check out our website at webelievedyou.com. On the website, there's a tab where you can find all our social media. So make sure you go like, follow and share on Facebook or Instagram. There's also a listen tab where you can listen to the show directly on our website or click the link to your favorite podcast listening sites such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a five-star rating on Apple, which helps us move up the ranks so more people can find us. And if you leave a review, we'll read it here on the show. 
If you want any of our merch, feel free to check out our merch tab where you can find a variety of designs on t-shirts, caps, and hoodies designed by Michelle herself. There's also a donate button if you really want to help us out. And finally, if you want to reach us, besides DMing us on social media, you can click on the contact us tab where you can write in telling us that you want to be interviewed. We can keep you anonymous and only share the information that you want. You can also send in your stories for our stories of eye strangeness. And if you send them in in Spanish, we can translate them for you as well. So don't be shy, guys. Share your stories. Oh, my God. Dude, that was like the fucking. <laughs> so don't it. be shy, guys. Share your stories with us because we believe. Do you? Do you? Cue Are the we... scream. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Let's do that part again. <laughs> what? what the fuck was wrong with me today? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Can I so leave don't... all this in? This sure. Is... <laughs> okay, go ahead. Don't be shy, guys. Share your stories with us because we believe. Do you? <laughs> now cue the scream. What scream? The scream because he was doing the same thing that I'm oh, doing right now when oh, you hear the oh. scream. Okay. I was like, what? Yes, yeah. you're right. I would just like cut it and put it over here at the end. Right? Like, yeah. That's crazy. Dude. That I should do that. scary as fuck. That was. That was blood curling. Yeah.